1: The Reasonable Voices are advocates prioritizing education, preserving our history, leading by example for a peaceful and prosperous world by evoking and embracing both creative artists and political unity as solutions to our challenges. Good afternoon. This is the Reasonable Voices News Talk Radio program, and I'm your host, Marcello Rolando, the Reasonable Voice. You know how much I love filmmaking. And today we're going to talk to another star of the film in a New York Minute, Amy Chang. Amy, how are you today?
0: I'm great, thank you. How
1: are you? I'm great, too. It's wonderful to talk to you and have the opportunity to do so. I've watched in a New York Minute, oh, at least a half a dozen times by now. And each time, well, we'll talk about my impressions as we go. Let's get get more information about you in the film. Okay, great. All right. The film in a New York Minute will have its world premiere at the 2019 Newport Beach Film Festival on Sunday, April 28, 2019. It will follow up with a Los Angeles premiere at the Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival in a New York Minute follows three female strangers who accidentally discover the solution to their problems lie in a single test. And Exactly. Thank you, Amy, for appreciating that. She can keep a secret just like I can, I'm sure. So, mm-hmm. our star today, our guest today, Amy Chang, plays Amy Chen in A New York Minute. The film, In A New York Minute, is based on a Chinese short story that takes a slice of life look at relationships highlighted specifically to this film by Asian and Asian-American-led cast. I think one of the things I love most about in a New York film, and it is that it proves how very much humanity, all cultures and sexual persuasions and genders and political, all of that, all of that boils down to uh, as much as we use those things to sort of divide us and label us, we really are, all of us, humankind. Are trying to dealing with the same challenges and uh, that life throws at us, society, relationships, and we're trying to we're doing the best we can do. What do you think, Amy, about all that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think um, Mandy, the director and also the writer of the, um, the film, did a really great job at just introducing all these different slices of life, as you mentioned, and just really highlighting all the different things that. On, for an individual, might be their entire world, but uh, everybody can relate to the, each of these stories in a different way.
1: Mm. Absolutely. While I am so impressed with, as you say, Mandy, writer, director Mandy, has has shown us our universality as human beings, okay. there are some very specific cultural things of, that might not be a challenge to some of us seeing this movie that are also included in this wonderful film in a New York Minute. So, Amy Chang, I want to uh, compliment you on how incredible your performance as Amy Chen masters the gamut of emotions. I mean, you really, you have quite an arc, quite a journey as as a character. So, tell us how a food critic deals with an eating disorder.
0: <laughs> Yeah, that was definitely a challenge. Well, um, first, I just wanted to also tag on to what you were saying earlier about um, the cultural challenges. One of the things that I um, really appreciated when I first uh, got my hands on the script and read through it was um, the way that Mandy really highlighted the Asian and Asian-American experience. And each of these three characters has a different level of immersion in the American experience, I would say. And so, uh, for instance, my character, Amy Chen, um, she doesn't speak any Mandarin. She speaks only English Mm -hmm. throughout the entire film versus Lee's character and Celia's character, who played the other two leads. They all have varying degrees of Cantonese or Mandarin. And I think that's really specific to where the current Asian American experience is. And I appreciated that. Mandy included
1: that in, in the script. I couldn't agree more. She really, both in her writing and her directing, have have treated the three main female stars as individuals, no, no question. But they they each are at a different, shall we say, point in the journey. How's that? Okay.
0: Uh, yes, yeah, that's a great way to describe
1: it. But at the same time, she deals collectively with the challenges of humankind. And, and frankly having seen the film, I only needed to see it once before I realized that you as Amy Chang, if not Amy Chen, does not need a fake boyfriend. <laughs> you, you know, there's, I, I'm not giving away too much when I say that um, you have this line, I'm not as pretty or as young as the other women in the office. And I thought uh-huh. you look, now that I hear you I, as Amy Chang, I hear your maturity, and I appreciate it with all due respect. But I think you look <laughs> as young as anybody in the movie, so how's that? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> One of the scenes I love so much is the scene you have with another very fine actress who plays your mother. But it has a little twist to it, but I'll leave how much you tell us up to you. So I have
0: the pleasure of working opposite Pei-Pei Chang from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon uh, fame. Uh, she played Jake Fox. So um, that, was, that was really enjoyable. Pei Pei Chen is very revered in the Asian community, certainly, and I mm. would say also Western audiences who might be familiar with her work. Yes. She was just a delight, just so grounded and warm and just really, I felt very comfortable immediately working with mm. her. And so um, it, it wasn't much of a challenge at all to see her um, playing a mother figure to me. um, And that just made our scenes together uh, that much easier to do.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: Yeah. And it was also just uh, the respect that she commanded from everyone in the cast and the crew, but she was also very uh, friendly and and, and welcoming. So Mm -hmm. it it was, it was a nice combination.
1: She's clearly a, a professional who knows what she's doing, but she also knows why she's there. And and I'm happy to hear that when the cameras are off, she is a a person that welcomes other talented people who may not have been around as long as she has. I just felt that the way the two of you did this scene had so many layers and ripples and you know subtext going on that it made it more than what we might call the standard fare of a a mother-daughter relationship a challenging mother-daughter relationship on film. What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, um, I, I would say I, I felt like we tried to portray the history of their relationship. Obviously, the mother and daughter, you know, many years together. There, even though Amy felt that her mother was was probably a little too involved
1: yeah. in her <laughs> personal
0: life, specifically her romantic life, um, there was still. The love and respect and the desire to please, but while still trying to stay independent. And I think there's that that was the dance that we were doing, where uh, it wasn't so much, you know, I'm rebelling and I, I don't want to listen to anything my parents say, mm-hmm. or, or the other extreme, which is okay, just do whatever it is to please the parents. Um, I think it, that that's one of the challenges that my character had was it was trying to figure out her own way while also being. While also honoring her parents, uh, you know, the the merging of the Asian and the American cultures for herself and what that meant for her.
1: Yes. And by and also while all of that was happening, you were also being bombarded by a number of other characters, uh, particularly in the workplace. Well, well, he was everywhere, really. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, you know, it's not like the rest of the world was leaving you alone to 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 find a path with your mother right
0: exactly
1: yeah oh peter yeah <laughs> peter, peter, peter. <laughs> it's true he you know and, and tell us a bit about that actor because i have to say he was he was consistent consistently <laughs> uh the kind of man i would never be how's that
0: oh
1: <laughs>
0: that's way to put it yeah um so uh Peter was played by uh, Jason, who um, it was it was a delight working with him. We had uh, more than a few awkward scenes. Yes, <laughs> because of the relationship between the two of them, and uh, and you know between takes, we would be laughing and joking. But when we were in it, he he was very much. It's funny because Jay is so not uh, like Peter, so yes. it was it was fun to see him in character and out of character because in character, Peter. Was is a, is a very nebbish and can I say annoying? He was annoying, <laughs> yes.
1: Annoying is fair, <laughs> yeah, well, but, he he
0: was, but, but, but he had a mission. But <laughs> he had a mission,
1: he had a mission and he was he pursuing it. Yes,
0: yes. He was definitely very uh dedicated. Yes, he uh he knew what he wanted and he would go after it, and, and, you know. And, and on some level, I think. Amy realized that and and uh, admired it you know mm-hmm. because I think uh, one of the things for her also is that she was, was trying to figure out what she wanted yes. And so to see that in him it, it's it's hard not to give in to that single-minded direction
1: yes.
0: that, uh, that Peter had <laughs> but versus Jay the actor who is just um, super funny, super charming. And very uh, easy to talk to and um, not at all annoying. So it it was fun to see him go in and out uh, between
1: the two. Well, I have to say, again, I was so impressed with, well, I was impressed with the writing, with the directing, with the use of camera, and certainly with the performances. And I had a feeling, because as often happens, I mean, I play a lot of roles that are nothing like me either, but I just felt like this actor was really, because he was so focused, he was so consistent uh-huh. on, on target, I think. If if Drive, as, as now getting away from getting out into the world of, of society, if Drive was the only thing that was necessary to win the day, certainly his character would have done that. But I wonder about your... Uh, you kind, I'm, I'm, I'm dancing around this, I'm sure you'll understand. You seemingly yeah. are spilling uh-huh. your guts so very often throughout the entire movie. And... <laughs> And uh, pretty good, huh? <laughs> uh, uh, and and um, we are. And I imagine people, because there is there is there are other storylines. There's other evidence, if you will, of um, reasons and why things are going on. Because while these ladies initially are strangers, there's no question that as we see their different storylines, that they are going to intersect. And and yet. The reasons behind much of what you're going through are not given to us, and, and I love that. I cannot tell you how much I love that. How did you, because you, because you, uh, Amy Chang, a, a, as actor, you, you played that so. Uh, you know, let me put it this way: sometimes when we see characters uh, in film, we they foreshadow their own future. But of course, as the character, they don't know their future. So how do you do that? <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's a good question. Um, so I'll say, I mean, um, like you mentioned, I think a lot a lot of it was in the writing itself. Mm-hmm. I think Mandy did a very um, good job of sprinkling just a hint of things um, in the story, but not so much as to give away um, what was going on with Mm -hmm. Amy, um, and I think, I think everyone can, uh, well, many people can relate to the experience of some part of themselves that they, uh, might not like, or might not have, uh, fully embraced yet, and, um, and how, they, how that affects their day-to-day life, whether mm-hmm. it's at work or in their personal relationships. And so I think I, I was focusing mostly on that uh, rather than, you know, trying to, uh, like, just the day-to-day um, life of Amy rather than what she was hiding. She, because I think she didn't want to think about that part of herself. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense?
1: That, that makes sense. <laughs> We're all battling with uh, with past and 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 with uh, things that we wish were better than they are, and and I'm not saying that's, that's necessarily in the only thing that that is on Amy's shoulders, but. But we, but we are. And it was just, again, we come right back to the writer and director, Ma- Mandy. By the way, could you say her name for us? I know you're being kind by calling her Mandy for me. <laughs> so, but I think she her name should be heard, and I don't want to butcher it.
0: Mandy is also
1: known as Shi Li. And she goes by Mandy, but I just wanted everyone to hear it. Um, but, you know, I... Uh, I know'm I'm, I'm gushing a bit it's because I do a lot of interviews, many uh, with you know other areas in the arts, discipline and politics and history and all that. But when I really see a movie that I love when the writing and the directing and the camera work and the acting all come together to tell a human story that is moving, and I guess we should before we go to to a break. We should mention one other male character in particular. I mean, there are others. We don't want to think this is what men who don't know anything about movies call chick flicks. This is not a chick flick, not that there's anything. But it is told from a woman's point of view. But the men are strong. Tell me about the actor who kind of popped into your life. He worked for you. And what I liked about him is that he, he generally had only... 60 seconds of camera time at a time, and yet he uh-huh. made quite an impression, and I think also his subtext involving you was really well done. Who is he? Oh, uh,
0: so I, I believe you're referencing the character Bobby, who yes. plays my uh, assistant, Yes. Um, and that's by the actor Fong Du. So, uh, yeah, it, it's interesting to see there are some parallels between him and another character, in Amy's life, that um, highlight some of the things that she's that she's dealing with, uh-huh. um, and and my uh, it's funny with Fong. So the Asian American community is pretty tightly knit in New York, the mm-hmm. um, Asian American acting community, and most of us at least know of each other, mm-hmm. if not having directly worked with each other. So in the case with Fong, he and I have actually played various. Forms of relationships <laughs> before. And I can say this with a, with a couple of other actors in the community uh-huh. as well. Um, so uh, he has played my son before, he has played my brother before, and wow. <laughs> now he played my assistant. So yeah. it, that was also another thing about the film that I really enjoyed. It was having a chance to work with some actors that I had I'd heard of before or that I knew of through other venues and uh, to actually have the opportunity to work with them and then to work with people who I've worked with before in a different capacity and it's, it's kind of like a mini reunion on set sometimes uh, yes. and there's a level of comfort that that brings which is really nice.
1: Yes and we are talking with Amy Chang who plays Amy Chen in in A New York Minute which will have its world premiere at the 2019 Newport Beach film festival on sunday april 28th 2019 it will follow up with the los angeles premiere at the los angeles asian pacific film festival stay with us we'll be right back with amy chang and now another film rental discovery welcome to the Indie film minute when we first saw the best exotic marigold hotel we were surrounded by a sea of blue hair not punk die job blue but the natural old-age gray kind, and boy, did they love this story. Seven elderly Brits succumb to promotions of affordable luxury retirement living in India. Predictably, upon arrival, their accommodations offer less than the luxury depicted, setting the stage for a rich tableau of reaction, story, and experience. This film features prime British acting royalty, Dame Judy Dench, Dame Maggie Smith, Bill Nighy, and Tom Wilkinson, to name a few. Not everyone may recognize these names, but suffice it to say that their mastery in the art of character would make utterly fascinating their reading of a dictionary. And they have been given a wonderfully sensitive and comedic story to complement their considerable talents. Sure, the storyline of aging, hope, disappointment, staying positive, and facing death turns out older viewers. So... Not about the young? Of course it is. Time marches forward and all can thoroughly enjoy contemplation of what is current for some and future for the rest. Best exotic marigold hotel. Not in theaters. Discovery through rental. Welcome back to the Reasonable Voices Talk News Radio Program. Again, my guest is Amy Chang. She's the star of the film In a New York Minute. She plays the character of Amy Chen, a food critic suffering from an eating disorder. Now, there's an understatement because there's truly a great deal more going on in In a New York Minute and with the character that Amy Chang plays. And we've been talking about a number of the characters with whom she is, her character relates within this story. Amy, your character seems to make a lot of course changes. After her visit, we spoke about you know, the visit with your mother in, in that scene. How do you feel about that? And how does the character justify those? Because few of them are surprised other characters in the film. Let's put it that way.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, as an actor, uh, it, was, uh, it was really lovely to go through that journey with Amy to um from where she began to where she ends Um, i think most actors would say that it's always that's that's what we look for is to to have that change Mm -hmm. from where you start to where you end and i think for amy she had reached a point where she realized what she had been doing hadn't been working Mm. and so she she decided she she needed to make a change, and so th- this provided an opportunity for that. Because I-, I think she was just looking for a solution to mm-hmm. what she was going through, and she she just had to do something different. And so this is this is the way that she wanted to go about it.
1: And the the character Amy Chen goes about it by expanding her okay. professional point of view as well. It's it's not just that she was she is of course going on a, per- a personal journey that has. Uh, certain struggles and challenges, as do we all. But she okay. she makes changes. Initially, those changes are primarily professional. W- what okay. she should do in her business? How how did you see that? As as um, is that something we do? Do we try out new things professionally before we try them personally? What do you think?
0: I think for everybody, it's, it's a little bit different. But I think it speaks to how. Kind of what I was saying earlier—that uh, everybody deals with different parts of maybe uh, something that they that they're hiding, whether from the outside world or for themselves. Um, they, everyone deals with that differently, and so whether it's professionally or, or personally, it it's all going to bleed together. So mm-hmm. she started in Amy's case, she started in her professional life, but you see how that uh, also affects her personal life like, and vice versa. I don't think I think we as, as humans try to compartmentalize our lives sometimes because we're just trying to have control. Mm-hmm. And usually that does not <laughs> work out it that is. well. <laughs> life has a way of just you know taking your plans and saying, no, I don't think that's going to happen. We're going to do it this way. Yeah. And it's, it's all going to affect each other. So I think even if it was just to change one part of our life, it, it, it ends up affecting all aspects
1: of it. Absolutely, because it's all connected. You make a change in one part of your life, and, and it, it has to affect because the change is you. It's always, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, that's where the change is, really. We think it's an external change because we're doing things outside of ourselves, but really the change has taken place inside, and so there exactly. it is. Which, which makes me ask my favorite question, especially with film people, but... It is a question I ask a lot of people and I certainly spend a lot of time in front of the mirror asking it. Is there, (laughs) yes, is there a balance? And do you have it? (laughs) Because if you do, I want you to tell me how to find it. Is there a balance between personal happiness and professional achievement? I'm a Libra and my mother used to tell me this. The scales are constantly tipping back and forth as they seek the balance. And that's where, where the balance is, not in a steady Scale. What do you think?
0: I think your mother is a <laughs> smart lady, <laughs> and, um, and, and I would have to agree with her. Um, it's funny that you that you mentioned that you're a Libra because I was going to say um, I'm a Virgo, and I think you know everybody deals with that balance differently, and also just what we want out of life will determine um, where that balance is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. If we're referencing um, wise women, um, my aunt uh, is a large part of my life. And Mm. I remember her saying that most people can only handle three major components in their life, whether it's marriage, work and children, or um, if it's church and work and personal life. But when when we try to go beyond that, something has to give Mm. for everybody there, those three things. Um, can uh, are going to vary and how what we prioritize is going to be different but so I I don't think it's a the balancing isn't going to be the same for everybody meaning like the proportions are going to be different but what those proportions are can be harmonious and that and and that's what personal fulfillment will be yes for that individual
1: yes here's a question for Amy Chen In relationships in life, does Amy Chen think that family and friends and colleagues and analysts ask the right questions? Hmm,
0: that is a good question. Do family and colleagues ask the right questions? I think she's still, she was still figuring that out. I think she tended to... She was trying to give more weight to what others thought mm-hmm. and she she was coming to a point where she realized she had to listen more for herself,
1: mm-hmm. to
0: herself mm-hmm. um, and, and, and and if she didn't know that she had to discover it.
1: Because I, I think anyone's journey, journey in life and when well-written as Mandy has done, the characters' journeys are, as I said, they're, everyone's on one, but they don't end the same way and they don't have, okay. you know what I mean? Uh, but yeah. also that a journey is not straight up or straight down, it, it zigzags. But I'm, I'm just wondering if before she makes any final, okay, I know who I am, I know what I want, and I'm going to act like it from now on, or live like it from now on, does she try the big compromise first?
0: Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, and, and I don't think she has admitted to herself that that's also part of one of the challenges that she's dealing with. I think, and it's so funny, can I just say also that um, because there uh, there is a bit of a, I would say, like a reveal to uh-huh. my character's story, i um, yes. trying to talk around it. I know, and I
1: am too, and I appreciate <laughs> okay. it. You want to know the whole truth and nothing but the truth? See the movie in a New right, York exactly. minute.
0: <laughs> so. But, um, so so yeah, I think that that's part of the reason why, she is struggling is because she, she is trying to um, find that compromise.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, here's one, and it is a uh, takeoff anyway on a beautiful line, I feel, in the movie, in a New York Minute. Do you believe life demands that we choose between love or freedom? Are the two mutually exclusive? Oh, definitely not. I think
0: um, love is freedom. When you, when you have the fortune to find that love in, in whatever form, it opens you up to so much more of life, um, and that is a form of freedom that I think you don't have if you don't have that support system.
1: Hmm. I'm wondering, though, what happens in life? What happens when people get tired of waiting?
0: Well, I think a lot of people either they, if, if they get tired of waiting, either they give up badly mm-hmm. um, and they resign themselves to, to you know, this is what my life is now. Or sometimes they, they might find um, destructive about, and, you know, that's, uh, that's an unfortunate thing. Or they are... Um, they have the fortune of finding, of discovering something else that that maybe takes them on a
1: different route, and uh, it's um, a lovely surprise to their life. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What are some of the for you, Amy? What are some of the hidden gems in uh, in the film in a New York Minute?
0: I. Uh, I, I really love the way that um, Mandy had the three main characters' lives intersect because they—it's not so much about how, how they affect each other mm-hmm. um, in a in a very strong way. It's just subtle, and I think as much, uh, very much to the title. It's just these moments, these minutes. Yes. Um, and uh, I, I thought that she did a really nice job. Doing that. So that They do intersect, but it's not so much about their interaction directly. So that was really nice. And then I also, I think what you said, the fact that, um, that there are three strong female leads, mm-hmm. that they're Asian and Asian-American leads, uh, and then that it's the even though the, the male characters are also strong, it's it's kind of a, a reversal of the traditional, like it's the men supporting the women. Mm-hmm. So that was a nice experience. And also that the director and the VP and um, the heads of many of the departments uh, were all strong females. So it was just a really um, warm and inviting environment to work in. And I really enjoyed that.
1: Yes. And I'm glad you, that was one of the things you mentioned because Certainly, in a New York Minute, is told from the woman's POV, and we didn't mention, I don't think, that the writer-director—it's her first feature film, yes, feature-length yes. film. Uh-huh.
0: Yes.
1: Okay. So it's quite an an outcoming, an outpouring uh, for the first time out the gate, I think. Yes. Again, a strong cast, and of course, uh-huh. one one of the things that attracts actors, but is, is well, the first thing that attracts actors is the work but one of the, <laughs> you know, once you, get the, once you get the work, it is the script, and we, we make, I mean, I've worked in soap, so I know how you sometimes have to make a script work, but in this case, this script seems to marry so well to each of the people she has cast in this film, and I I just found that that's really, for me, the, the beauty of a slice-of-life film. If, as you watch it, you cannot imagine anyone else saying those words. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I think um, the casting process must have been really enjoyable. Um, we also, uh, so Wayne Chang was the casting director on this film, mm-hmm. and he's also, um, I mentioned earlier, about uh, the Asian-American acting community. He's also a mainstay uh, in the in the community. I think many times when I've met a, Asian-American or Asian um, actor who I'm not familiar with, I'll ask, oh, do you know Wayne Chayne? And everyone's like, oh yeah, of course we know Wayne. Yes. Um, And he, um, I think uh, a lot of credit has to be given to him for bringing together the collection of actors um, who portrayed these characters and what he he knew of each of us and whatever um, advice or influence he gave Mandy in terms of like who should play which part and, and, yeah, I think, uh, like you said, I, I I couldn't imagine anyone else playing Nina but Syria or Angel but mm-hmm. he and many of the other
1: characters. Yes, yes. Well, we're going to have to go soon, but I, I want to ask you, you as the actor, what do you take away from in a New York Minute, and what do you want us to take away from it?
0: Uh, well... One thing that uh, really that, that really um, that stayed with me was that these three women were, in a way, they were at different stages of their lives, and mm-hmm. it was nice for me uh, to play the later versions of life, or later stages of life, I would say. Um, so my character was um, a little older, a little more established mm-hmm. than the other two leads, and... And even still, she was trying to figure herself out. And I think that's true in, in, in life, that we're constantly, ideally, we're constantly growing. We're constantly learning about ourselves, about the world. And I think it we there's this idea that uh, a lot of films now tend to focus on, you know, pretty young things, let's <laughs> we'll say. Mm. Um, and uh, it was nice to have an, an a little more mature um, character in 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 the story, mm-hmm. um, so I really enjoyed that. And then uh, just the different, mm, just the different um, journeys that each of these characters was going through, mm-hmm. and how they did interact.
1: Yes, and what should we take away from it, we the audience? Uh,
0: oh yes, I would love for the audience to take away the idea of even if they don't have an experience of you know, the very specific experience of um an Asian or Asian American individual, that you can still find something that is reflective of your own life.
1: Yes.
0: Um, and some way that you can relate in and the universality of, of our experiences.
1: Well, I, I can attest that that's true. I'm an Italian-American, and I, I felt so much as I watched it. I, I think I said this very early on in, at the beginning of our first segment that what drew me into the film in a New York Minute is that it both has these very specific cultural issues, but, it is, but they certainly are couched within the reality that all of us are, are are making similar journeys. All of us doesn't matter where you come from, what you look like. Life presents us with challenges, with joys, with uh, you know, with relationships, with with everything, and we're all doing our best to live it at its best. What do you think? Yes, and um,
0: I'll just say also that um, I I love that Mandy in her story. Um, Highlights these different aspects of um, the Asian or Asian American experience, but she um, doesn't hit you over the head with it, and that's what makes the film so relatable to, yes. to anyone who watches it.
1: Yes, that's what I mean when I say entertaining. It is warming and moving, and you know, you may be you may be walking home after you see it before you go. Oh. <laughs> And I love that, you know, let it, let it, let it simmer a while. All right. Right. Well, we do have to go and I, and I hate doing that, but I must. We've been talking with Amy Chang, who's one of the three stars in the film in a New York minute. She plays Amy Chen, a food critic suffering from an eating disorder that alone (laughs) is challenging, huh? but there's much more to it than that. Trust me. Let me remind everyone. In a New York Minute will have its world premiere at the 2019 Newport Beach Film Festival on Sunday, April 28, 2019. It will follow up with a Los Angeles premiere at the Los Angeles Asian Pacific Film Festival. Uh, Amy, do you have any um, sort of Internet, website, social media information you can give us so we know how to, to find tickets and, and what we need to do, that sort of thing? Yes.
0: Um, so in a New York Minute, you can find the Instagram and also on Facebook, we have a page. And my personal uh, website is amychangactress.com, Very easy to remember. Yes. Um, and you can also find me uh, on Instagram as with Asian. with an A-S-I-A-N. All right. <laughs>
1: You are just full of little. uh, Well, anyway, this has been absolutely terrific, Amy. I, uh, Amy Chang. So, really delighted that uh, we had an opportunity to have this conversation. We wish you all the best in your career and within a New York minute. Okay. Thank you
0: so much. It was a pleasure.
1: Absolutely mutual. Bye now. And now another film rental discovery. Welcome to the Indie Film Minute. Australian director Bruce Beresford has been a well-respected director since his 1980 breakthrough film, Break a Morant. With such Oscar-recognized films as Driving Miss Daisy and Tender Mercies to his credit, it should come as no surprise that he is a master of manipulated emotion. Mao's last dancer tells the true story of Lee Kunsen, plucked as a child from farm life in rural China to become a state-trained ballet dancer. Lee was a part of Mao Zedong's plan to develop great athletes and artists who could demonstrate to the world the triumph of Chinese communism. He is ultimately chosen by the state to travel to America, representing the superiority of his homeland. Lee interns with the Houston Ballet Theatre and becomes a star. When he decides to defect and remain in America, a potentially embarrassing major international incident looms. It's tempting to write off this film as jingoist propaganda and a manipulative tearjerker, but it is also a story well-told, with great beauty in the dance and a basis in historical fact. Yes, Mao's Last Dancer is touching and magnificent entertainment. Tears do flow, and that's just fine with us. Indie Film Minute. Not in theaters. Discovery through rental. I'm Marcello Rolando, the reasonable voice. Thanking you for joining us and becoming one of the reasonable voices heard round the world. To change everything, it only takes a few, from left, right, and center. Famously, Americans' surfing issues too often settle for superficialities, thus often missing the depth of truth. Chief Justice Roberts confessed the egregious reality of the leaked abortion draft, written by Justice Alito, who believes Roe v. Wade was egregiously wrong from the start, akin perhaps to the egregiously misleading Government is the Problem, Mission Accomplished, and America First. Either way, we now know there is a distinct difference between our two major political parties, and we have been given the knowledge-is-power-freedom to choose which America we want to be. There is no denying we are a nation divided against itself, choosing to make every incident dramatically inflated on television honey on the palate of today's caliber of media-talking heads, eagerly embracing repetition that often mesmerizes with gushing, garrulous gossip. What is America's weakest link between a self-determining American electoral process and the exceptionalism of America's dream of one person, one vote? Is it independence, of both left and right, believing straddling the middle makes them untarnished by the tendency to ignore, or at least fail to prioritize, justice for all? Or is it a lack of concern for fellow Americans by non-voters? The answer is as simple as the means by which we are manipulated into serving as the swingers— of our national political pendulum from extreme to extreme, ever-increasing defining ourselves, neither this nor that. Given recent examples of Putin's unjustified and brutal invasion of Ukraine and his American clone, Donald Trump, mastering the art of the deal to steal the ability of a third of Americans to discern between the truth and the con we can no longer afford to elect senators who can't discern the difference between honest testimony and the lies told by lying nominees nominated to the supreme court by our lying forty-fifth president Perhaps with even greater urgency, we can't afford to elect politicians who know the difference between the lie and the truth, and choose to perpetuate the big lie which incited treasonous insurrectionists on January 6, 2021, to attempt to hang a sitting vice-president. Can we really continue to pretend that justice can exist for all in a land where women, African Americans, Asians, Latinx, Native Americans, and the mentally and physically challenged are treated as second-class citizens, and where seniors of every hue are too often ignored to death? Here is a much-needed reality check. One, the government's problem is an electorate believing the elected are ensconced in lifetime positions. 2. Arguably, free will is a divine calling to also preserve, protect, and defend life post-birth, including after children age out of our social health systems. 3. It's not Asian Americans who cause death by COVID, but the Americans who refuse to be vaccinated and wear a mask. 4. It's not black, brown, or LGBTQ Americans who so hate. It's MAGA conservatives whose greatest fear is being the minority. 5. It's not passionately defending your beliefs. It's those who violently refuse others the same freedom of expression. 6. What harms students of all ages is not sex education, but a lack of school funding and historical facts. In the four years I lived with the finest television writer with whom I've ever worked, I became the father of her amazing six-year-old daughter who taught me how to answer her life questions with wisdom that only came to me because of her. 1. Always listen to the children. 2. Find happiness in all you do. 3. Everything, absolutely everything our children do, comes from observing and mimicking us, because even before they reach their double digits, they are formed by all the things we've forgotten we were as well as all the things we've become. As our infrastructure, children must be protected from all harm. But in today's divided America, more are harmed by ignorance, fear, gun violence, and deniers of a global pandemic, and climate change that will kill even more than one million Americans. Like the children featured in Youth vs. Gov, I too believed the buck that has bought so many red state governors and legislators and rented so many conservative members of both houses of Congress would always stop within the hallowed halls of the Supreme Court. But we must now admit that that has not been true since Senator Mitch McConnell denied President Obama his constitutional duty to nominate to America's Supreme Court Merrick Garland. Yes, politically, it could matter who released Alito's draft, but more importantly, why now? And most importantly, what does our civic and political duty require us to do and be, now that the iceberg tip has titanically warned of an imminent collision with collusion? Let us first cease aiding and abetting self-serving politicians whose supporters twist the words of the most famous man from Nazareth, and instead let us live the pragmatic and miraculous wisdom of Love thy neighbor as thyself. Thank you, and join us. Become one of the reasonable voices heard round the world.